Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good Risings, I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. We're taking a look at the dark side of technological advancements in our week titled Modern Dilemmas. We got it started yesterday with cell phones, and today we're moving to social media. On some level, I guess everyone has started to uncover the evils of social media by now. What was once meant to be a means of connecting humanity has become its means of division. Beyond that, we often find ourselves comparing our insides with other people's fabricated outsides. We take in other people's beautifully orchestrated profiles as fact, examples of everything that we're not. We're often comparing the deep complexity of our own existence with the shallow perfection of someone's online identity, and it's wreaking havoc on our well-being. Mitchell Moffat and Gregory Brown of ASAP Science reveal that 5 to 10% of internet users are actually unable to control how much time they spend online. Though it's a psychological addiction as opposed to a substance addiction, brain scans of these people actually show a similar impairment of regions that those with drug dependence have. Specifically, there's a clear degradation of white matter in the regions that control emotional processing, attention, and decision-making. Because social media provides immediate rewards with very little effort required, our brain begins to rewire itself, making us desire these stimulations. We begin to crave more of this neurological excitement after each interaction. 5 to 10% of the population might seem small, but take into consideration we don't have to be completely addicted to experience the effects of addiction on some smaller level. Moffat and Brown continue by saying that we also see a shift when looking at multitasking. One might assume that those who use social media or constantly switching between work and websites are better at multitasking. But studies have found that when comparing heavy media users to others, they perform much worse during task switching tests. Increased multitasking online reduces our brain's ability to filter out interferences and can even make it harder for our brain to commit information to memory. Like when our phone buzzes in the middle of productive work. Social media also triggers a release of dopamine, the feel-good chemical. Using MRI scans, scientists found that the reward center in people's brains are much more active when they're talking about their own views, as opposed to listening to others. It turns out that while 30 to 40% of face-to-face -face conversations involve communicating our own experiences, around 80% of social media communication is self-involved. Our bodies are physiologically rewarding us for talking about ourselves online. Every time we post, every time we scroll our own profile, every time we get a flattering message from a stranger, every time we share an opinion in the comments section, every time we like a post or watch a story and assume that someone else will see it, and of course, every time someone likes our posts or stories. 
Moffat and Brown go on to share the good news. It's not all so self-involved. In fact, studies on relationships have found that partners tend to like each other more if they meet for the first time online, rather than with a face-to-face interaction. Whether it's because people are more anonymous or perhaps more clear about their future goals, there is a statistical increase in successful partnerships that started online. So while the internet has changed our verbal communication with increased physical separation, perhaps the ones that matter most end up even closer. Again, there's good and bad. It's imperative that we create boundaries surrounding our online engagement. We allot certain increments of time. We don't turn to it habitually throughout the day, anxiously or out of boredom. We use the tool for the good and distance ourselves as much as possible from the bad. Thanks so much for joining us on Grateful Grains. You can find us on Instagram at GoodRisings, or you can find me at McMuffin. And you can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. We'll be back again tomorrow for day three of our week, Modern Dilemma. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.